Hey guys, welcome to the 5-1 Volleyball Podcast, the best way to follow the teams, stats, storylines, tournaments, and everything else going on in the world of professional volleyball. It's a little bit of a slow time of year, Nations League is done, the Olympic qualifiers, which are the next big tournaments, are not happening for another couple of weeks. So I thought I'd use this time to talk about some of the off-seasons in some of the professional leagues around the world. I think today's episode I'll focus on the German Bundesliga and the French Liga A. And then in future episodes, do the Russian, Brazilian, Polish, and of course, the big one, the Italian Superliga. I also want to talk about the one tournament that is going on right now, which is the U21 World Championships taking place in Bahrain of all places. I think it's interesting to kind of follow and keep track of to a certain extent because these are the guys that are going to be the future stars of tomorrow. We saw Poland win the championships back in 2017 and look how many of those guys are already having successful pro careers like Jakub Kohanowski, Bartosz Folek, Tomasz Fornal and many more. So I hope that sounds interesting to you guys and I hope you enjoy the 5-1 Volleyball Podcast. Let's start with the U21 World Championships. They've been going on for about a week now. We've already passed the first round of pool phases that consisted of 16 teams who all had to qualify through regional youth tournaments to get to this event. Now we've gone to the stage where there is a winner's bracket and a loser's bracket. So the teams that made the top eight are China, Bahrain, Argentina, Korea, Russia, Iran, Italy, and Brazil. So mostly countries that are dominant in the senior men's volleyball game as well, with the notable exception of Bahrain, who isn't even ranked at the senior level. And they got through to the winner's bracket. I mean, you know, all credit to them. They did win games fair and square, but they were definitely placed in by far the weakest pool with a Puerto Rican team that I believe is missing some of their important players and a Moroccan team that is just not very strong. This is in stark contrast to Group D, which had Italy, Brazil, Poland, and Canada, four of the top finishing teams at most international events on the senior level, and four of the teams that finished well in the 2017 U21 World Championships. So just really strange to me how three low-seeded teams got placed in Group A with China, and then four really strong teams got placed in Group D altogether. It doesn't make much sense. Results in Bahrain making it through to the second round of the tournament where they are getting thoroughly destroyed right now, but still they will finish above Poland, Canada, and also Cuba, who was knocked out of Pool B. So pretty obvious to me that this is a little bit of home cooking for Bahrain. Not a huge deal in the long run. At least it isn't a senior level tournament, but I just wish they were a little less obvious with this stuff. Like, that pool is just so, so much weaker than some of the others. A little, little ridiculous. Anyway, as for the actual tournament, Italy and Brazil are the two teams currently at the top of the standings in the second round. Both of them pretty much guaranteed to make it through to the semifinals. Italy's rolling out a lineup with a few recognizable names. Uh, Davide Gardini, who played outside hitter at BYU, an American university, played in the NCAA last season, was the NCAA Rookie of the Year as well. Struggles a bit passing for an outside hitter, but is shown to be a very capable, intelligent, creative attacker. Diego Cantigali, who played backup for Sveden Sokolov on Lubitschi Vitanova last year, and actually did get in for a few rallies, even though 
very young age, obviously. But actually, those two guys haven't been feature players for Italy during this tournament. Some other guys like Francesco Rossin, outside hitter, bit undersized at about 6'3", but he's the captain of the team. Explosive athlete, smart player. Daniele Lavia, who we saw at Nations League quite a bit this year. Another outside hitter and, in my opinion, a likely starter for the Italian senior men's national team in the future. And Christian Gamba, an opposite who hasn't made his way to the Italian Super League yet, but I'm sure he will in the near future. So Italy looks like they finally have some good wings coming up on the horizon, whereas I feel like the last few years of prospects for them have been mostly middles and setters. Brazil's dominance is being spearheaded by a guy some of you may remember from the 2018 World Championships, Victor Cardosa, who Brazil had to pick up due to a mountain of injuries to their top outside hitters like Lucarelli had torn his Achilles, Yoandri Leo wasn't playing with the team yet, Mauricio Borges was out with injuries, so their depth is really getting kind of desperate, and Victor Cardoso is the guy they went to. At the time, I think he was only like 18 years old. Definitely looked very overmatched at the World Championships. Good thing Douglas Souza was able to come in, save the day, be that other outside hitter beside Lipe in that tournament. But turns out you look a lot better competing against guys your own age when you're 19 years old than against some of the best professionals in the world. And Victor Cardosa, leading scorer of Brazil so far throughout the tournament, started for Vale Itapetinja last year and actually is making the move to Sesi Sao Paulo for next season. So definitely people seeing a lot of potential in uh, Mr. Victor Cardosa. Also keep an eye on their captain, setter Renjik Rosa, leading the team to some pretty crazy attacking percentages could be the next guy coming up after Kachopa. Russia has also been doing quite well at the tournament. They placed second place in the 2017 U19 World Championships. And, you know, it's generally a good idea to look at the U19 World Championships from two years ago. Because, you know, it's the same group of guys coming up through the youth tournament system. But anyway, Konstantin Abev, who played for Poitiers last year and is finally making the move to Russia, playing with Novosibirsk next season future potential setter for the Russian national team. Hasn't really got a look from the senior team yet. Hasn't really played in Russia professionally yet. So I'm sure next season will be a bit of a testing ground for him. But he's playing well in the World U21 World Championships. Then Pavel Tatyukin, the son of Sergei Tatyukin, who I talked about on my Best Prospects in Volleyball podcast, which I did a few months ago. He's also been playing very well, starting at the outside hitter position for the team. A little undersized, like his pop, but makes up for it with really smart, really technical play but one guy who is not undersized is Russia's current leading scorer and someone who I haven't really heard about or seen play before Maxim Sapozkov listed at 6'11 big big boy even for Russian standards he's averaging over half an ace and half a block per set while also hitting about 55 percent so definitely a guy to watch out for in the future for Russia and just a few more guys kind of scattered throughout the tournament that I want to talk about. I expected Iran to do a bit better than they have been doing throughout the tournament. I mean, they still made it through to the second round, and they're not exactly doing terribly there. They'll probably make the semifinals. But this is a team that won the U19 2017 World Championships. Has a lot of actually recognizable names on their roster. Morteza Sharifi, who's played with the national team before and played his last season, and started for a lot of it in Casadonia Verona in the Italian Super League. Poria Yali who seemed to be the second opposite for Iran in their most recent Nations League campaign and actually did some Nations League time last year as well. Amir Tukte, a middle blocker who also spent a lot of time 
uh, traveling with the Nations League roster for Iran this year. Of course, Iran played with their strict starters most of the tournament, so he didn't see a ton of time, but he's, he was still there. And then Mohamed Hazrapour, the libero, who impressed me quite a bit during Nations League, started for Iran, making the final six. And uh, this is a 19-year-old libero who started for them. Doesn't look 19, probably looks closer to about 29, but I guess that's what happens when you can grow a beard like that. And then their captain is a guy who hasn't really been with the senior national team match, and that's Amir Hisfandiar. 6'10 outside hitter, got huge size among the leaders in points and aces in the entire tournament. So the guy can hit a ball. He was the MVP in the 2017 U19 World Championships. So like many of his fellow Iranian players, I hope he makes the move to play outside Iran so we can really get a good glimpse into what kind of player he is. So other than that, there's just a couple more players I wanted to mention. Luciano Polanski, a wing for Argentina, is the leading scorer of the tournament right now. Doing so on pretty good percentages too, hitting over 50% in the tournament so far. Maybe an eye to keep an eye on playing for Ciudad Folly in Argentina right now. Dong Yao Kim, a 6'7", opposite hitter for Korea, is also one of the leading scorers of the tournament. Korea, again, not the strongest country in the senior men's game, but... This group came in fourth at the 2017 U19 World Championships, doing pretty well in this U21 World Championships, making it through to the second round. Looks like they might get eliminated here, but still pretty solid group coming up through the ranks for Korea. I have to say not a good showing for the North Americans this tournament, though. Canada had a really tough pool, you know, with Poland, Brazil, and Italy, and they have been doing really well in the losers bracket, winning both their games so far, but would have liked to see a better performance, especially from guys like Xander Ketrzynski, who I think are among the more talented players in the tournament, but a less strong group than the group in 2017, which included Eric Lepke and Dan and Jimma. And then the Americans, of course, not even qualifying for the tournament, which is a bit of a shock to the system for USA Volleyball. But from people I've talked to, it sounds like it's just kind of a weak group in that couple of years of age groups. Apparently a lot of promise in the one coming up after them, but not even qualifying for the U21 World Championships is a pretty tough situation to be in. Anyway, that's enough about the U21 World Championships. I'll probably revisit it when the tournament finishes. We can talk about the winner, the medal winners of the tournament, the best player awards. Hopefully the last few games will be streamed HD on YouTube. That's what they did in the last tournament, so hoping they can do that again. But now let's move on to the Bundesliga off-season review. Mostly concentrating on the top few teams, the teams with, you know, higher level players, guys playing for national teams. The first one I'm going to go over is Berlin Recycling Volleys, the current reigning champions of the Bundesliga. Pretty decent amount of roster turnover for Berlin, losing Dustin Wadden, the American national team libero, to Katowice in Poland. Losing Kyle Russell to France, losing Nicolas Rossard, who was the starting libero, to Paris Volley in France. Losing Adam White, one of their starting hitters for the last couple of years. He's Australian. And also losing Linus Weber, who was going to Milano originally to play under coach Gianni before Gianni moved to Modena. So kind of an interesting scenario there. In their place are Julian Zanger, who started the majority of games for Germany in this summer and also last summer's Nations League. Cody Kessel, an American outside hitter coming over from a successful season in Lüneburg. And also Kyle Ensing is going to be playing his first professional season after graduating from two championships in a row at Long Beach State University in the NCAA. They are retaining some pretty important players from last season's championship run. Sergey Grankin is playing with the team again this year after he came in midway through the season last year to kind of revitalize Berlin 
after they struggled early on in the season. Ben Patch will also be returning to the team. Last year, he split time with Kyle Russell, depending on who had the hot hand that day. I suspect this will be similar to this year, where Kyle Unsing will probably be a bit of a steadier force, while Patch can be really, really strong when he's on, but, but also doesn't provide much outside of attacking. Jeffrey Jendrick and Nicholas Legoff and George Klein are all with the team, kind of that three-headed monster of middles that performed very well last season. And then their outside hitters, Samuel Tuya and Moritz Richard. I still think they could use another outside hitter in there. All three of the guys in there are prone to bad games. Samuel Tuya is getting a bit older now, so I wouldn't mind having a little bit of insurance in case you know one of them goes down with injury. Maybe Moritz Richard continues with his poor play from Nations League, so I would like to see them go, go and get another wing. Of course, at this point, there's not exactly a ton of players left. So Berlin gets a B- from me. Forgot to mention earlier, I'll, I'll give letter grades to the teams that I'm spending a bit more time on, the teams at the top of the rankings in Germany and France. I'll be a little more generous, go a bit more in-depth in Brazil and Russia, and then for Poland and Italy, I'll go try and do every single team and do a letter grade for them. Friedrich Schaffen, who has been the foil to Berlin over the last few seasons, winning a lot of second place awards, is actually going through a pretty significant roster turnover. Most importantly, probably, coach Vidal Heinen is leaving for Sir Safety Perugia. Heinen, I think, his unorthodox coaching style really resonated with the players on Friedrich Schaffen over the last few years. Lots of undersized guys who could get the job done. Some really tactical and devastating float serving, and just generally really strong game planning and practicing. However, he's not the only one leaving the team. The two starting outside hitters, Anthanasis Protopsaltis and David Sossenheimer, are both moving on to play in Poland. Two guys that may not have been the biggest attackers in the Bundesliga, but they really got it done with amazing ball control, really strong serving, and pretty creative attacking. Andreas Takvam, the Norwegian middle blocker, who will be joining Polish opposite hitter Bartolmierz Bolaj in the newly promoted Suwalki in the Plus Liga next season. So a lot of turnover, as you can see. Some decent names taking their place though. Nikola Georgiev returning from his time in Italy. Great opposite spiker plays for North Macedonia. Check him out at the Eurovolley Championships later on this summer. Joe Worsley, who I was wondering for the longest time where he was going to end up, probably ends up in one of the best situations he can in the Bundesliga, playing for Friedrich Trofford, likely to be the starting setter, standing at only about six foot one. He had a great career in the NCAA, playing for the University of Hawaii. Extremely skilled player, probably had the best hands out of any graduating setter compared to Micah Ma'a and Josh Tuaniga, but obviously it's 6-1, little undersized, but Friedrich Schaffen, definitely not a club that's afraid to take a chance on undersized players. Nehemia Mote, a very athletic middle, plays for the Australian national team, is also joining them. Already has a bit of experience, played middle for the Berlin Recycling Volleys in the past. And then Rares Balian, a Romanian outside hitter, who I think is kind of an underrated signing for the team. Balian was the MVP of the European Silver League, where Romania took first place, beating Greece 3-0 in the finals. Talented and athletic player, and at only 22, still has lots of room to grow, so very intriguing guy. I'm a bit nervous about losing Heinen, but Friedrich Schaffen has shown to have great management, great scouting. Usually the players that they select all end up being better than we originally thought they were, so I still think they will be top two in the Bundesliga next season. Even though I trust Friedrich Schaffen to make the right decision, I still only give them a C grade for their offseason. Losing Vidal Heinen, probably their biggest competitive advantage in the Bundesliga, was pretty huge. And they lost a lot of very talented players to the Plus Liga. 
the Alpenvalleys from Austria, the only Austrian team in the Bundesliga, I think had a bit of a surprising season to a lot of people, finishing at the top of the regular season standings and then finishing in third place on the season overall. So very successful season for them, bringing a few guys back from the 2018-2019 campaign. However, they all are missing Kirill Kletz, the Russian opposite hitter who was one of the best scorers in the Bundesliga last season, being called back to Russia. As we've seen with a few of these younger Russian players, they play a couple years outside of Russia to start their career, and then once they're physically mature enough to play in the Russian Super League, then they return there. Another player going to Russia is Australian wing Thomas Hodges, continuing in the footsteps of another Australian playing in the Russian Super League, Paul Carroll. Probably on a bit of a smaller scale, though. And then also Polish outside hitter Pavel Halaba is returning to the Plus Liga to play for Trefl Gdansk. Halaba and Kletz are pretty big losses for this team. Two of the most important guys for making everything work last year, especially in terms of scoring for Kletz and kind of ball control and serving for Halaba. In their place, they get Jordan Richards, who I was able to see live in Ottawa at the Nations League this year. Very physical, very athletic guy. Definitely an inconsistent passer for an outside hitter, so he'll need to work on that if he's able to be successful in the Bundesliga, but a guy who has a decent amount of potential. Also, another fellow Australian outside hitter, Max Staples, will be joining him on the Alpen Volleys. And finally, Tommy Cirilla, a Finnish middle blocker who actually played in the Italian Super League on Serious Safety Perugia a couple of years ago. Didn't get any playing time. Returned to Finland last year, but is making a go of it in the Bundesliga. They also signed a seven foot tall, you heard that right, seven feet tall, Slovenian middle blocker Sasso Stalikar, who we've seen a bit of on the Slovenian national team, but has not played any club volleyball outside of Slovenia so far. I mean, some of these moves might work out all right. It seems like they're banking on some higher potential guys, young guys who they like they have in the past, but very high chance that these moves don't work out. And kind of the chemistry and magic that they had last season doesn't repeat itself, so Going to give the Alpen Volleys a C-. In Lunenburg, a club that is well-known for having a lot of North American players, they're losing Cody Kessel, as mentioned earlier, to Berlin Recycling Volleys, losing Noah Baxpolar to Toulouse in France. Probably most importantly, they're losing Ryan Sclater, their starting opposite, also to France. In their place, they're getting Blake Shearhorn, Canadian outside hitter, who played in France last season, and also Anton Brem. I've mentioned on the podcast recently as a standout young player, young middle blocker on the German national team during Volleyball Nations League. I think Blake Shearhorn should pretty easily replace the production that Cody Kessel had. Had a decent amount of playing time in France last year, and while he may not have lived up to the potential that we thought he had coming out of college, still a fairly strong player. Then Anton Brem, I think, if anything, is a better option than the similarly young German middle Noah Baxpuller, so great move to get him. However, they don't really have anyone that they're bringing in to replace the huge amounts of production that Ryan Sclater did. Sclater being the second option on the Canadian national team at opposite after Shawan Vernon Evans. has actually ended up having to start a lot of matches because of Shawan's injury history recently. Great player that they're really going to struggle to replace. Canadian setter Adam Schreimer, who was the starter on the team last year in his first season out of university, I believe signed a two-year deal, so I believe... He's staying with the team for next year. And then Tyler Kozlowski, the Canadian libero, will also be staying with the team next year. So a lot of guys from the Trinity Western Spartans out in British Columbia playing for Lunenburg next season. I think replicating their fourth place finish might be a bit tough. 
especially with Sclater gone. So I'm going to give them a C- as well. I think the strategy of signing all these North American guys pretty fresh out of college is always going to be good enough to get you in the playoffs. But as for actually finishing with a medal at the top of the Bundesliga, a little bit tougher. The last team I want to go into detail with is Frankfurt, who added a couple of really good players. I think some of the bigger names that I've talked about today. The first one being Masahiro Yanagida, who returns to the team after a brief stint in Poland. Right away becomes one of the most talented players in the entire Bundesliga. He won't have to deal with his lack of size like he did in Poland. And as you know, you've probably all seen him play. Has a devastating serve, really strong attacker as well. They also signed Mateusz Walkiers, a setter from Belgium who has done great stuff with the national team over the last few years. They signed away Floris Van Reckham from Tours Volleyball in France, where he's been a champion over the last couple of years, winning the entire league. Kept Tobias Crick on the team. And if they can re-sign Canadian middle blocker Lucas Van Berkel, I think this will be just an incredible offseason. They did lose one of my favorite young German outside hitters, Moritz Karlitzek, to Latina in Italy. But I think Yanagida should definitely be able to replace his production. And with all the other pieces that are coming in, I think Frankfurt will continue to climb their way up the Bundesliga standings. Maybe in a couple years, you know, they'll be competing with Berlin and Friedrichshafen. So I give them an A-. There aren't a ton of other big signings going on in the Bundesliga. The power volleys Duren, adding Canadian libero Blair Ban. Pretty big move for them to get a player of this caliber. But even with a internationally elite libero like Blair Ban, can't really make up for the rest of the roster's shortcomings. However, they did get Igor Bogachev, who saw a bit of time playing for Berlin last year. And then the only really other interesting signing to me was Dave Vizorek, an American who was a standout playing for Pepperdine in the NCAA last year, will be joining the Helios Grizzlies, who finished near the bottom of the standings last season. But I always like to see how these college standout guys who played in U sports in the NCAA do in their first seasons of professional volleyball. Berlin and Friedrichshafen will participate in the Champions League next season, whereas Frankfurt and the Alpenvolleys will be playing in the CV Cup. As for the French Liga A, there's only a few teams that I really want to spend too much time on. Tours Volleyball going through quite a bit of roster turnover after a championship season where they beat Chaumont. Hubert Henno, the legendary French libero, is retiring from the team and will be going straight to a head coaching job with Tours, which is kind of an interesting transition. I'm sure he's already somewhat of a player coach in the last few years anyway. Probably their biggest loss is middle blocker Barthélemy Chininyizi, who was MVP of the French League last year, a rare MVP of middle blocker. He will be going to Vibo Valencia in the Italian Super League. Floris Van Reckham, as I mentioned earlier, is moving to Germany. And then American middle blocker Mitch Stahl, who actually showed a lot of potential at Volleyball Nations League this year, is doing the anti-Kevin Durant and moving the, to the team he beat in the finals, Chaumont. In their place, Tours is adding Nicholas Rosard, who should pick up right where Hanno left off. They're adding Price Jarman, American middle blocker, who actually made the final roster for Volleyball Nations League, even if he barely got any playing time. They also added Timo Timema, a lengthy middle blocker who is a mainstay on the Estonian national team, played in Mosaic in Belgium last year. Not nearly as good as Chinuizi, but definitely a solid player in his own right. Unfortunately, I don't think these new moves will produce the kind of dominant success that Tours had last year, absolutely crushing everyone in the regular season and then easily going through to win the championships. They lost quite a few good players, won't be nearly as much of a threat in the middle, which was one of their biggest advantages last year. So I will give them a D plus on the season. 
I could definitely see another team in the French League taking their spot at the top of the standings next year. One team that could potentially do that is Chaumont, although not a huge fan of their offseason moves, so we'll see if that ends up being the case. They lost fan favorites Libero Blair Ban and middle blocker Taylor Avril, who are arguably their two best players last season, so pretty costly signings and guys who really improved the team chemistry of the team. Mitch Saul, not a bad replacement for Taylor Avril. However, Argentinian libero Franco Massimino can't really compete with the production and skills of Blair Ban. Julian Winkelmuller really proved himself as their starting opposite at the end of last season and in the Champions League. So Wasim Bentara, very talented, but unfortunately gets the boot this year. Raphael Corre, who is probably France's third best setter behind Brizard and Taniuti, got a decent amount of reps at the Volleyball Nations League. We'll be replacing Michael Seda, who probably not as good as Corre, but really, really fun setter to watch. Absolutely bounces balls on the second touch. Great server as well. Very vicious jump serve. They did manage to keep Martina Tanisov, another one of my favorite players. Absolutely crazy athlete. Another guy who was featured in Nations League playing for Bulgaria. Got a bit of playing time towards the end of the tournament when Konstantinov realized a lot of his older players were washed up. So for Chaumont, pretty big downgrade at Libero. Slate improvement at setter, and I would say a bit of wash between Taylor Avril and Mitch Stahl in the middle, so overall I give them a B-. They probably didn't get that much better as a team, barring some massive improvements from Itanisov and maybe Mitch Stahl, but potentially the teams they are competing with got a bit worse, so ultimately a net gain for Chaumont. Third place Ajaccio is losing French setter Pierre Pujol, and also French outside hitter slash opposite Timothy Carly who played with the French national team in Nations League this year, was really looking to make the next step, I think. Started to show big signs of improvement towards the end of last season and in Nations League, so kind of a costly loss for Ajaccio. However, a few interesting signings with Sian Bentara coming over from Chaumont. Probably wasn't satisfied with a bench role playing in the French League. They grabbed Philippe Croix, an Austrian libero who I quite like as a player and has been on the Austrian national team for quite a while. And interestingly enough, Li Runming, one of the main Chinese national team setters for the last few years, will be playing abroad in France. Very interested to see how he does. We've seen players from other Asian countries start to venture out into stronger pro leagues. Seen lots of guys come over from Iran. A few guys come over from Japan. But so far, really nobody in China has come over to main European leagues recently. So we'll see how well he does. We've seen a lot of the women's Chinese national team players do well overseas. I think it's something I mentioned on my podcast earlier that the Chinese team needs to be doing more of if they really want to take the next step on an international volleyball level. I think the team that will potentially improve the most from last year to this year, Potiers, added some players who I really, really like. Ali Shafi, the Iranian middle blocker who was part of Iran's starting seven lineup that got them a final six spot at Volleyball Nations League. Rene Tepan, an Estonian opposite who played backup in Trentino, and Scraw the last couple years, finally get a good chance to start in Potiers. Micah Ma'a, one of the most exciting setter prospects in volleyball right now, completed his playing career at UCAA, and is looking like he's going to be a part of the USA national team's strongest lineup going forward, so very high hopes for Ma'a. And then finally, Giacomo Raffaele, a young Italian outside prospect, played on Ravenna last year, got some time in the Nations League, maybe not my favorite prospect, out of those young Italian outside hitters. He got buried in the rotation fairly quickly at Nations League, but 
this will give him another chance to see what he can do. And you don't see Italian outside hitters play outside of Italy terribly often. On Narbonne, we have James Shaw coming in to play as an opposite hitter. However, they also signed Jordan Bissett, a Cuban opposite hitter. So it'll be interesting to see which one of those guys plays the majority of the minutes. Kind of leading towards Bissett, Shaw struggled a bit with his transition to opposite in Zaxa. But, I mean, he has an entire summer of playing the position now, so he should be a lot more comfortable with the position. Rafael Redwitz is coming back home to France after playing for both Rosovia and Friedrich Schaffen last year. Maybe not the result he was looking for, as he was benched thoroughly on both teams. Alejandro Vigil, a middle blocker who's really impressed me in the European Golden League games I've watched with Spain. Definitely a guy I could see going to an even higher league in the future if he keeps improving. On Paris Volley, who is newly promoted from French League B, Caru, the Brazilian outside hitter, will be joining the squad after playing in Valencia last year. On Tour King, Canadian Brandon Coppers will be playing in his second season professionally after playing for Zaxa Kizers and Kajle last year. Maybe a bit of a downgrade in terms of the team name, but likely to get a lot more playing time with Tour King. And then finally on Cons, Kyle Russell joining the team after playing with Berlin last year, really kind of his breakout season, in my opinion, was a huge part of Berlin's success and even played over Ben Patch for a lot of the season. And then also Adrian Asio Benati, a very intriguing Romanian outside hitter prospect in volleyball. Maybe has gotten overshadowed by Rares Balian, who I mentioned earlier, but still a guy with a lot of potential. Interesting to see how he does after getting coached by Vidal Hainan and getting more playing time in the French League. So those are my off-season reviews for the French and German leagues. Didn't go into as much depth as I will for the other professional leagues like Poland, Russia, Brazil, and Italy. But I know that some of you do enjoy and follow those leagues. And there are some really good teams and really good players. Even if the talent isn't as deep and not as consistent as the other leagues, it's still really fun to watch and follow. Especially as North Americans, as so many of our players never really end up making it to the more elite leagues. And play a few years in France and Germany and then come home to do other things. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Some more off-season reviews coming up, but before you know it, the Olympic qualifying tournament, probably the most important tournament of the entire summer, will be coming up. So don't worry, we'll be doing previews for that too. Hope you guys have a great week.